Welcome to Unbroken Arrows Healing Through the Hunt podcast. I'm Greg and I'm here with my son Trey and we are talking to Daryl Duvall. Daryl Duvall is the state outreach coordinator for the Natural Resources Conservation Service, which is part of the United States Department of Agriculture. Daryl, welcome. Thank you, Greg. Well, Daryl, um, so far, uh, we're in the first day of Pheasant Fest here, and, and we've had pretty good traffic through our area. Your booth is pretty close to ours. What are your thoughts about uh, Pheasant Fest so far? I love visiting with everybody from all across the country. I'm surprised at how many people traveled in from all over the Midwest and the rest of the nation to visit and talk about habitat and programs and everything else that has the offer here at this at this facility. This this event is is really pretty amazing in terms of its scope and its reach. Um, I don't know if you went to the concert last night, uh, the concert for conservation. My wife and I did, and and you know it's it's a mix of well, I'm in I'm 60, so so I'm on that uh, you know the gray-haired side of things, and and there were young folks there and there were people my age or older and you know I think that uh, conservation I think uh, hunting brings everyone together no matter no matter who they are and where they're from that's so true and when when I get the families visiting with me and it could be several generations I really do like to talk about that, that life in the soil, and that's one thing we really try to help with is, is the hunting is so good for the soul also, but our, a lot of our programs with Natural Resources Conservation Service, we focus on that life in the grasslands habitat or life even under the soil that affects the grasslands and the habitat above the soil. It's all connected. It is, and, and that's something that we can see in different uh, areas of our lives all the time. And, and, and when it comes to nature, when it comes to wildlife, as you said, when it comes to the, to the soil and uh, the forestry and everything, it, it is connected. And, and uh, you know, well, and I'm, I'm not sure who I can attribute this, this uh, quote to, but it's so very true. Uh, might been, might have been Walt Whitman that said, "You can't uh, pick a blade of grass without troubling a star," and you know it's 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 just the way it is. Everything is is interconnected. So, um, first question for you is: So then, how does the NRCS affect uh, you know pheasant, quail, and bird habitat in general? Well, thank you. And and really, as I was saying, how how, how everything's so connected, and and we're the focus we focus on working on private lands with private decision makers always voluntary so nrcs short for natural resources conservation service and we're there to offer that technical assistance or guidance or suggestions or ideas we call it planning but it's really a decision making tool of here's what you have on your place whether you're talking corn beans wheat rotation and where do, what changes do you want to make? Do you want to talk about a building organic matter, which again is going to be good for the soil, which is going to be good for the crops, which typically is going to be good for habitat. If we're talking grassland management, what changes do we want to make to build more habitat in, whether that's winter for winter protection, which in this world for most of our pheasant, particularly and other game birds, that's our biggest need is that winter food and winter protection source. 
So how can we incorporate shrubbery or stiff stem grasses to not lay flat in the snow that still have seeds? And of course you can do food plots, but how can we do food plots with with a perennial grass in there? We like to promote the perennial grasses such as switchgrass to support that winter habitat that's needed for our birds and other wildlife. Sure. Now is there, uh, well there is, but with regard to the difference in habitat between pheasant and quail, is is there a plan that, does the plan look different in, in those types of situations? So that plan or that decision making process is going to be specific to each situation, each land use and each land forms and what that individual or the decision maker has for tools and experience capability. Now the difference between the pheasant and quail, I'm going to leave that to the experts and just say that we're working one-on-one to come find the answers for that person or that entity who wants to develop habitat. Sure, okay. So tell me, you're here and you've got the uh, nice booth space here at the 2024 National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. So what uh, does the NRCS offer to those that are here at the show? Really, what I'm pushing for is to, I hate to use that word again, connection, but connect those who are visiting here with their local service centers. And a lot of times I'll offer to send them an email with that contact information for their local service center so they can get that one-on-one face-to-face discussion on their property and have that talk of, is there any changes that we want to talk about making here for adding habitat? Or maybe it's not habitat, maybe it's just a healthier system that brings livestock back onto cropland because we know that's benefiting the soil resource. And if we can benefit the livestock enterprise and pull livestock off of grass sooner in the fall, maybe we can benefit the habitat on that grass where that livestock used to be instead. So just examples like that. It's it's connecting up, talk about our programs, both, both technical and financial assistance program. But then more importantly also is all of our partners. I want to highlight that if when our participants come in the main doors of the Premier Center here, just off to the right or be the east, we have a 70 foot long corridor that we call Dakota Grasslands and beautiful. It's a backlitted display. The artist was was wonderful at detail. We have a little bit of a Sioux Falls skyline in the back and then it starts on the left with a very diverse grassland and diverse wildlife habitat shown in there and diverse grasses and forbs. And as you work down that corridor to the right or to the east, you get towards the encroached grasslands. It's the encroached with, say, invasive smooth brome grass. You can see that labeled in there. And the eastern red cedar. And you get less and less diversity of wildlife habitat. And that, that display and the workers are they're all from our partners called Working Lands for Wildlife, an initiative that lots of different entities and groups are supporting, Working Lands for Wildlife. So that's one of our partnership. We're all connected to do the best we can to develop our habitat and especially our grasslands in South Dakota. Sure. That's, uh, I will have to add, though, that uh, Daryl and I think that's on the east side of uh, of the uh, facility the here, we we tried to we tried to uh, uh, 
work that through ourselves, but we're both directionally challenged when it comes uh, to entering this building, I think. The main entrance, and look to your right, and you won't miss a 70-foot-long lighted display <laughs> of grass and animals and very colorful. And then just to the left of the main entrance is our non-operating landowner booth that South Dakota Association of Conservation District has, supporting those persons who own land that want to help with habitat development within a farming operating land situation so it's the owners working with the farmers or the operators of that land non-operating landowners we really want to support that connection again between the landowners and the operators and how we can develop soil health practices that benefit the soil the grassland community and also habitat and i think that's something that is so much different um now than say it was when I was young. I think these programs and the partnerships that are offered and available for those that want to do those kinds of things are are here and now. Correct. Um, you know, when I was younger, I can remember hearing some of the, the conversations about, oh, I wish I could do this or I wish I could do that, and how that could work. Um, and now those programs are available. Greg, there is a, a lot of programs available. You know, we, again, let's talk about connection. We, in, in a lot of our NRCS offices that across the nation typically are located in the county seats of each county, we are partnering with partner employees. In South Dakota, a lot of Pheasants Forever biologists are in our offices to work on habitat development programs that then use NRCS programs for financial assistance. We partner with other groups also to put wildlife emphasis in our programs and right there in our offices. But our partner Pheasants Forever biologists are right there in our offices helping develop habitat plans. And that's something I know that that's a priority for them, just like here. They have the, the, the biologists on hand to work with landowners um, to develop a plan and to make, make a plan for better habitat for not just pheasants, but because that, as we said, everything's connected, that's, that's everything. The other thing I'd like to point out is that uh, you mentioned that uh, every county, basically it's split up by every county, and if a person really stops and, and pays attention, now, whether we're talking about Nebraska, whether we're talking South Dakota, Iowa, there's a lot of diversity when it comes to the different soil types. Um, and all of those kinds of things have a huge factor with regard to what type of plan would be developed, correct? Correct, and, and that's, that's one of our, our, our standing main focuses is that one-on-one on-site assistance so that we can talk about not only the different soil capabilities, but what has past management changed in those soils or grassland capabilities. For in, in grassland habitat, for example, if the past management has converted that grass mixture into a blue grandma, blue, uh, grandma sod, well, there's only so many different things you can do to change it into different plant community. And so just because you got the right soils, it doesn't mean you have the right cover to make the changes you want to get the habitat that you want. And then we look at what are the alternatives and options to get to the habitat that we're looking towards. Sure. Well, thank you, Daryl. And my last question is, is, you know, if people want to contact you, where can they find you? Where can they contact the uh, local NR, uh, NRCS? Yep. 
So one, I, I told about the two two booths out in the front of our premier center. But if you come back to the arena where we're at sitting here now, Greg, you look for the rotating blimp above our stand. That rotating blimp has a man, a farmer on it with a American flag in the background. When you see that rotating blimp 20 foot in the air, come visit with me and I will either get you linked up with your local service center or Google USDA local service center and you'll have an office locator that you can select on the state and then down to the county and then it'll show you the NRCS offices and farm service agency offices in that county and the contact information to get a hold of them. Okay, well thank you Daryl and and I can't say that I've seen any other blimps here this weekend so they, they should be able to find it and when they see it they'll know that they're in the right spot. I'd love to visit with them. Okay, thank you Daryl, appreciate you taking the time to visit with us. Greg, thank you. You're welcome.